Welcome back. With the month of June approaching, gaming news is steadily picking up as we approach that usual time of E3 where we'd have multiple announcements from different developers coming out. Of course, E3 being canceled this year, everybody seems to be doing their own little announcements. And there, of course, is the Summer Game Fest that is coming about as well. So things are picking up. Today I wanted to discuss with you all the recent Scarlet and Violet Pokemon trailer that we got. Just go over that briefly. As well as Sony's state of play and the information we got on upcoming releases in that particular showcase. Just wanted to go over some of those, give my thoughts on those, some of those titles that might I might be a little bit more high on pick over the interesting topics, give us some release dates there, just encompass that all, just a brief little overview of that. I wanted to do that. But first, if you're new here to Would You Gaming, make sure you give us a like and follow on one of our social platforms. We are on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. May expand to other platforms sometime in the future. We are trying to do more here on the channel as time permits, of course, with our lives and our regular 9 to 5 as well. Thank you if you've been tuning in here for a while, listening to us rant. We definitely appreciate all the support we have been given, trying to make it a better experience overall. But let's dive right into things, enough rambling around there. Jumping right into the what the Pokemon company actually gave us. They gave us another peek at Scarlet and Violet. We saw a little bit more of the still unnamed region we will be exploring, along with a couple of the new Pokemon, along with some of the returning favorites, and of course the professors from each region, because this time around there will be a, it looks to be a professor specific to each game. It looks like the professors will be Professor Sada for Scarlet and Professor Turo for Violet. Not looked up yet to see if they are following the same formula being named after trees, but I wouldn't doubt it if that is necessarily the case again. Sada appears to have a prehistoric looking outfit that goes along with the theme of Scarlet and Violet. That of course being past and future. Turo has a futuristic outfit course lending itself to that it looks very tronish if you ask me and of course that those are the themes for these games so they're going to lean heavily into that you got the first look at palmy the electric mouse looking pokemon over the past years over multiple generations we have many pikachu looking clones and this looks to be another one of those in my opinion it very well may differentiate itself in its own ways but for the time being to me it looks like their their attempt to differentiate a Pikachu a bit there. I guess you could say regional variants of the Pikachu that they have in each region. Of course, they have Dedenne, uh, the Plusle and Minan, when uh, that was in Ruby and Sapphire. So over the years they've done this. This is something they've done quite a bit. And Palmy looks cute as a button, so that will likely fit that build there. It was also revealed that... Similar to how we were able to play with other, three other people in Sword and Shield with the Dynamax Adventures and the Max Raid Battles, there will be some type of multiplayer in Scarlet and Violet. It's not clear yet what the extent of that multiplayer will be, but I am hopeful that we'll be able to do some exploring and not be as limited as the way we were in previous titles and entries. I would love to see more exploring uh, if we could go out and capture moms together, anything like that. Not necessarily in the max raid battle, but seamlessly in the wild. I'd like to see more multiplayer options and for us to be able to play together more than just battling, trading, or doing those max raid battles. It's, it's exciting news to see that they are trying to add more features, add flesh out the multiplayer a little bit more there. So that is something that makes me happy there. We saw a bit more of the open world and a player sneaking up on one of the mons, Smolov. It's a grass type, olive looking Pokemon. 
and it makes you question if they're going to follow the same formula from Legends Arceus, if you will be able to capture the Mons in the wild without battling, if they are weak enough, or if you're able to throw bait or something like that. Because in Legends Arceus, you were able to, of course, or sneak up on them, capture them, or some of them you had to battle to capture. It was just inevitable. It just had to take place. It was required by the story or something like that, but a lot of times you could capture without even having to go into the battle animation. And it will be neat to see what they do in that regard. Also, we saw the return of Fletchender and Flaffy, which personally makes me very happy. I'm a big fan of the Mareep line since the Johto days. It's a it's one of my favorite mons from that region. The gameplay definitely leans more towards Legend of the Arceus, though, as I was saying. It seems to be more open world in every regard. Even the Pokemon centers that we see there, they seem to be canopies, I guess you would call it. Just buildings with a canopy over the top you walk up to and interact with, with a beam coming out of the top, likely so that since it's an open, large open world game, you're able to locate it a little bit more easily. So that is, that's interesting as well. It's unclear at this time if with the battles and everything, you'll be able to freely move around as well, because we did get a glimpse at a battle animation, and it looked like the character was standing directly behind there, Quaxley possibly indicating that we will not be able to move around as freely as we were in the Legends Arceus battle system and flee in that regard. And we might have to use the run option as well. LeChonk seems to be the crowd favorite for this trailer. The crowd favorite thus far, the favorite Pokemon that everybody has seen. This is a pig type Pokemon. And the little guy is just cute as can be and people are simping over him already. People just love, they're going to be fan clubs just like you saw with Sobble. For Sword and Shield and Wooloo that I feel. That's what I feel like at least. It's a neat design. We don't have a ton of pig inspired Pokemon. And it's much better than some of the earlier Pokemon. And previous titles. The early route Pokemon. And previous titles I'm talking about. The Rattas, the Pidgeys. Of course with Rata it was, it was kind of. It's very meh-ish. But of course with the original Pokemon. They were just oh hey it's a rat. Hey it's a bird. They didn't necessarily have to innovate as much. Because nobody had seen it at that time. Though in Rata's defense, once it does evolve and eradicate, Hyperfang does hit like a truck, and that helps it somewhat. Rata just very basic, if you ask me. I'm looking forward to Lachonk, though. I'm going to nickname mine Chonkasaurus, or something along those lines, because he's going to be a hefty little fella. I wonder what he's going to evolve into, and I can't wait to see what that is when it's revealed. Of course, we did get an instance where we saw a trade in the wild, where a Bagon and a Larvitar were shown being traded in the open Letting me know possibly that the Johto Boys Larvitar will be returning and Bagon from the, what is that, the Ruby and Sapphire region as well, the Hoenn region. So it looks like two two of the favorites from those regions are returning because I know Bagon is a lot of people's favorite. Uh, the Salamence line is just very overpowered and I'm a big fan of Tyranitar in general as well. Hopefully it'll be early route because I know in even in Gold and Silver when you got Pupitar, Larvitar, or Larvitar, or Pupitar, and Tyranitar, you didn't get that until like Mount Silver. So it was very hard to be useful at that point. You've already beat the Pokemon League. I would love to be able to take a Pupitar with me, a Larvitar on my journey, and level it up over that time frame. There was also a quick reel showing different trainers run across various locales with Pokemon in the wild possibly still indicating toward hey you'll be able to roam around see these pokemon encounter them it's no more tall grass and finally we pan out and see a mountain before zooming in to reveal our legendary box art pokemon 
We, of course, see Coridon and Miradon appear to reference the past and future, respectively, with a wheel on Coridon's chest and Miradon having turbines for its legs. The turbines make Miradon look a little bit derpy, in my opinion, but other than that, it is a very cool design, especially the neckbeard part. I don't necessarily like the wheel that is the neckbeard on Coridon's chest, but otherwise that Pokemon is immaculately designed. We weren't given any information on the typing for these mods, but if I had to guess, I would say this is going to be some type of dragon. With Miraidon, it does appear to be electrified uh, along the pieces on his head, so maybe it's a dragon electric similar to Zekrom. We weren't given a ton of information, of course, so we will have to wait to get that revealed sometime future in another release. And as with the yearly formula, we will see the second and third stage evolutions of our starters as we get closer to that release date. Of course, they will likely be leaked first, as with Thwacky, Reboot, and what was it, Drizzle? Those, those evol That evolution line in particular looks super fake to me. I didn't believe it when I first saw those coming out. I was like, this can't be real. These look so poorly designed. But the final stages were pretty cool, so that kind of made up for it, in my opinion. Just the, the awkward teen stage, that middle stage, man, it was rough for them. I look forward to seeing more of this. Can't wait to just dive into this and get our hands on to see what it actually plays like. See if there are any other gimmicks like the Z moves or the Dynamaxing or Megas that are going to make a return here. Moving on from that, from the Sony State of Play, given what we were shown on preview, the last couple of States of Plays, I wasn't expecting too much from this presentation. And boy, was I happy when it, by the time that it wrapped. Lovers of horror games in particular have a lot to appreciate in this State of Play, starting with Resident Evil 4, which has long been anticipated to be getting a remastered after the successful remastering of the first three. It was kind of, it was kind of a given that Capcom was going to continue along this path because it does take a little bit of money to produce these, but I think they're using the new RE engine, and they have those assets in there that they can continually repurpose and reuse, cutting development costs a bit, so they're going to make a lot of money on these. And that is the going to come out in March 24th of 2023. And it was a more of a cinematic trailer than anything we saw. They did mention that PSVR 2 content is going to come, and that's something that you will see it is very prevalent in this particular presentation. There are a lot of PSVR 2 titles that they are showing off as they continue to develop that software and hardware and eventually push it out for the PlayStation 5. Resident Evil Village is another title that is going to benefit from PSVR 2 capabilities. And we saw some gameplay for that as well. Uh, Saints and Sinners, The Walking Dead, another PSVR 2 experience was shown after there are quite a few titles in this showcase involving zombies or walkers, if you will, if you can't tell already. Next, we look back at a game that died and rose from the ashes like the phoenix itself. Of course, I am referencing No Man's Sky, the game published by Hello Games and its creator, Sean Murray, or founder of Sean Murray. This game was, there was so much that was promised when this game was shown, and much of it was missing at launch. Despite that, they spent years, I mean years, launching free patch after free patch to make this a title worthwhile. Now they're adding PSVR 2 capability for the PlayStation 5 version, as they have probably released a free PS5 version of this as well. For all that Sean Murray lied to us and didn't deliver in the beginning, he has more than made up for that. I, they have earned 
that they have earned the money that I paid for this on launch. I will tell you that I played this game on launch and it was a mess. There was a lot of bugs. It was very empty. And you know, despite all of that, I had a good time with it. Something about space exploration is just very interesting. The VR capabilities of this don't interest me so much because VR more or less gives me a headache, makes me motion sick. I can't really deal with all that. But I am glad to see this game continually do well and get new features that are free of charge to everyone. They did not say there was a price tag with this. I have to assume it's a free update. We will have to wait and see, though. It, if they did charge for this, they've earned enough, they've gone enough goodwill with all their free updates that somebody's going to pay for it. The game is a stellar title at this point with many features that were not there at launch that should have been. A huge update for Horizon Forbidden West is coming as well. That's going to add some different modes. That's going to be performance for visual fidelity, transmog, so your armor can take on a look of your favorite stylish peach while maintaining the perk of another, the ability to reset your skills so you can redistribute those skill points if you messed up somewhere, ultra hard difficulty, and new game plus with new game plus weapons and trophies out now. So that released on the day of this. Horizon Call of the Mountain appears to be a VR spinoff of the mainline title, showcasing jumping, exploring, even combat. Ends with a Thunderjaw stepping, ready to step on the player. I bet it will be an interesting experience. It, it appeals to me, even though I'm not a PSVR fan. This will be exclusive to PSVR 2, of course. Next up, for the PC players and the people who hate things being ported to PC to gripe about, Spider-Man Remastered is coming to PC on August 12th of this year, with Miles Morales coming sometime in the fall as well. I, I thought that the original Spider-Man had already released on this. I could be mistaken about that. But they at least they're getting the remastered version at this point. If you had, if they released the original without the remastered, though, I would think that people on PC could just upscale that on their own without purchasing the remaster. I'm not sure about that. Next up, Stray, a game that we've previously seen, seen where you play as a cat in a post-apocalyptic cyber landscape, was shown. Release date of July 19, which is a little over a month away, was given. PS Plus Extra and higher members get this at no additional cost, which is good to see as we know Sony continues to compete with Microsoft's Game Pass offerings. This helps to per push the subscription numbers more, in my opinion. Sony isn't going to allow their big IPs to come day one, and I can understand that, but Microsoft does, so you have to do something to incentivize people to sign up for your service to kind of tempt them away from Microsoft's, Microsoft's side of things. Now, Microsoft doesn't have a whole lot of first-party content that has been out as of late. They've delayed the Elder Scrolls titles, which it's better to delay those titles than to push them out as a buggy mess because they're already going to have a ton of bugs as it is. But if you remember Halo Infinite's launch, that launched without a single-player component, without co-op, multiplayer, it only launched with multiplayer, basically. PvP was all you got with that. And even though it was free, that's, that's kind of nuts to me. How do you push out a Halo game without a campaign? Needless to say, though, Sony does have to try to lure people away and make their service look more desirable to people who might not already be in the PS ecosystem, who might be in the Microsoft or PC ecosystem, and try to get them over to their side of things. Moving along from there, the Callista Protocol looks like a terrifying game, and despite my hate of jump scares and no overall love for horror games or movies, I am intrigued. This title is being developed by Striking Distance Studios, which was founded by Glenn Schofield, 
who previously co-created Dead Space, a game that I love despite my hate of jump scares, so it's no wonder that it got my attention. There just seem to be zombies that you must fight and survive against as you explore poorly lit corridors. It appears to be set on a moon in space, no less. The title is coming to PS4 and PS5 on December 2nd, 2022. Rollerdrome, which appears to be a roller derby third-person shooter. looks very stylish and action-packed. This will come to both PS4 and PS5 on August 16th. It looks like it could be a good time. I'm not sure how long the loop will remain fun before it becomes repetitive, though. Eternites, which labels itself as an action-dating game, comes early 2023 for PS5 and PS4. It looks very JRPG-ish, with quite a few quick-time events thrown in there from what the trailer shows. It looks very stylish, but only time will tell if it has any substance to back that up. Street Fighter 6 was shown off, and they showed a good bit of combat in this. It's coming to PS5 and PS4 in 2023. And my word, Chun-Li has some of the has been doing squats because those are the thickest thighs I've ever seen in my life. The gameplay looks frenetic, fast, and like a lot of fun. Tunic comes to PS5 and PS4 later this year on September 27th. And though I've been seeing both good and bad reviews for this, I look forward to getting my hands on it and giving my own impressions of it. I did think this had previously gone to Nintendo Switch, but upon researching, I saw that it was only on Xbox and PC, and I imagine that eventually this will make the rounds to the Switch as well. If you're trying to hold off for that, that might be the best thing to do because I can't see them not putting a Zelda-inspired top-down game on the Switch. Seasons, a letter to the future, seems to be a very stylish story-driven game where you ride around on a bicycle and document a journey. Shows you visiting different locations, noting your journal, and even recording sound. It doesn't seem like you're my cup of tea, but it's going to be someone's without a doubt. The art is quite beautiful in this. This comes out autumn of 2022, and even though it's not my cup of tea, I can admit that it looks like a beautiful game, no less. Finally, the big announcements of the state of play. I don't know about you, but I was expecting to hear something about God of War Ragnarok, maybe get a solid release date for that. But that didn't happen. Of course, the game we did get some more information on was Final Fantasy 16. We saw summons, war, and some of the combat. To me, this looks more like a Devil May Cry title than any Final Fantasy game that I've ever played. That isn't that isn't a bad thing, as the combat looks fast and entertaining. Shiva, Ifrit, Bahamut, Odin, and a couple others were shown as well. I'm hopeful that we will be able to utilize some of these summons. Bahamut being my personal favorite, I look forward to trying to get in there and see what combat options are available with that. The combat is very fast and the enemies displayed level, along with your own level being shown. Some of what I can only assume are the boss fights are much more close up and remind me a bit of fights within God of War or even some Souls fights as well. A lot of what we saw was CGI, but we did see a fair bit of combat as well. It is exciting, and after seeing this, I'm a bit more excited about the title because I wasn't that familiar with it going into it. It does look like you will be solo in this without a party, unlike previous RPGs where you go out with a party of three or four. That isn't necessarily going to be a bad thing, just different. Only time will tell how this game is remembered and reviewed. I do look forward to checking it out and playing on this whenever I can get my hands on a PS5, though. As always, I hope you guys enjoyed what we've gone through here rambling today, going over some of this information of gaming releases coming up in the future, near future, and far future. Of course, some of these titles are for 2023, as with Final Fantasy 
16 that's going to come out i think they said summer of 2023 you have a favorite release here is there anything you'd like to hear us go over that we haven't discussed anything we can improve do to improve the podcast always trying to make it a more enjoyable experience for you guys the listeners let us know on one of our social platforms shoot us a dm or an email at woodgaming at gmail.com hope you guys enjoy and peace